Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. You're listening to the Dana and Parks podcast on KMBZ. It can mean only one thing, ladies and gentlemen. If you were to hear the B-52s at this hour, you would know that Michael Mackey is filling in today for Dana Wright. But no, contraire mon frere. Kenny Loggins' danger zone can only mean that Commander Jesse Reed is in the house. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. What's up, brother? Try, trying to channel my inner, my inner uh, McConaughey there. You look good, man. It's good to see you. It's good to see a, you too, it's man. It's been a minute. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me I, back. I, I haven't seen you since what we call PR around here. I, I've, I, I'm trying to remember all the acronyms that I've been hearing on the Well, air. there's PR, DR, and PR. <laughs> We're still workshopping that one. <laughs> <laughs> PR is pre-rehab. Also known as FT. Foggy time. Foggy time. Foggy time. <laughs> it's FT every morning I wake up. Anyway, welcome, man. How are you? It's good to I'm see well. You. I am doing well. Life is good. How about you? I'm doing well. Yeah. Uh, so are, are you going to the Army-Navy game tomorrow night? Or no. You're, you're just going to a place to watch the Army-Navy I'm going to a place to watch it um, with some folks here in town uh, that usually host it, uh, West Point grads. Uh, they have a little bar down in the uh, crossroads for, for those who are new to the show uh jesse reed uh former navy uh commander or always a commander once a commander, or whatever <laughs> uh and former top gun pilot uh he and i met about a year ago when top gun maverick came out and uh i'm a huge like we've rid- been cuddling ever since we have been spooning is the way i like to figuratively and literally <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah spooning <laughs> And we just became fast friends, and and next, next the rest is history. Now uh, we harass him anytime we have any question involving any sort of plane, as if he is an expert on all things aviation. Which, which I mean, he is. he's close, you know. He is. Yeah. You've set an unreasonable expectation in my house because when I pick the kids up from school and they hear the show on in the radio yeah. uh, on the in the car, they go, "Dad, are you on the radio right now?" I said, "No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> not yet. <laughs> I will be tomorrow." <laughs> Anyway, uh, we have Festivus Friday coming away right after the 5 o'clock news. That'll be the airing of the grievances. I, I don't even know where to start other than to maybe suggest that we have to at some point get into. And, and I know that during this time of year, uh, sports seems to dominate a lot of the headlines. We do not break down games. We're not going to sit here and critique the Steelers-Patriots game last night. Disaster. <laughs> Absolute Disaster. <laughs> Um, the but, Patriots scored more in one half than they did in the last three games combined. Is that a fact? That is a fact. And then they didn't score the rest of the game. I'm still not used to the Patriots being not good. I don't think were Bill Belichick is in, either. Were you not around in the 80s? I mean, I was. Did you not watch Top Gun in <laughs> 1980s? The Patriots used to suck. I don't remember the Patriots cameo in Top Gun. Well, no. <laughs> I don't uh, the, 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 do you remember the Patriots were the team that lost to the Bears in the 1985 Super Bowl. Okay. Do you remember who the, who the quarterback was for the Patriots? I don't. He's from Ottawa, Kansas. A guy by that the name of me. Steve Grogan. <laughs> okay. Steve Grogan. 
was the quarterback for the New England Patriots in 1985. And he was from Ottawa, Kansas. It was it was probably the Drew Bledsoe days when I started really paying attention to the right Patriots. On, right on. Uh, all right, story here from the USA Today. 32 female student athletes from the University of Oregon have filed a Title IX lawsuit today in federal court alleging that Oregon's athletic department is out of compliance with the federal law that bans sex discrimination in education. The suit alleges that Oregon does not fulfill any of the three prongs, participation proportional to enrollment, expansion of opportunity, and accommodating existing interest. The Ducks, whose athletic department is largely funded by Nike co-founder and billionaire Phil Knight, are a major player in college sports. Oregon boasts top women's teams in volleyball, track and field, softball, and the Eugene campus is home to some of the most dazzling facilities in the nation. Oregon announcing in July they're joining the Big Ten, ultimately leading to the collapse of the Pac-12. Sam, can you help me out? You and I have been kind of bantering back and forth in the newsroom about this story. What is the complaint from these women at the University of Oregon? So ever since NIL got approved and threw a gigantic monkey wrench in everything that is college sports, uh, there have been these things called collectives popping up. So instead of saying Bob Smith at Bob Smith Ford is offering this quarterback $1.2 million, these collectives are a bunch of boosters, which Bob Smith at Bob Smith Ford is one of those boosters, throws in, you know, one to $3 million a year into this collective to then entice players to come. It's like a fund for them to pay the players. They're not directly tied to the school, but they are directly tied to the school in so far as we're only going to pay you money if you play for Oregon. The female athletes are arguing that there is a Title IX violation because some ridiculous percentage of that collective funding is going to male athletes and the very measly percentage left over is going to female athletes. This NIL thing's a mess. Uh, yeah, you know, yes. I, I'm torn on this one. And I've been torn on this NIL thing ever since it came out. And I believe it was three years ago. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, it was the end of 2020 when the Supreme Court ruled on the NIL issue. How do I say this creatively? <laughs> I, I don't dispute that women's volleyball players, especially at places like Nebraska, where they're number one. And Oregon where they're also highly ranked, don't bring in fans, don't attract money to the institution. But let's be honest. There are two sports at most universities that are responsible for the lion's share of money that comes into a university. In fact, I would argue props up a lot of the other sports, which probably lose money for a university, and we all know what those two sports are. It's football and men's basketball. Well, and numbers would suggest that men's basketball doesn't even come close to even contributing when you compare it to men's football. Well, it, it does in the se in, in in the sense of, like, sales of T-shirts and... Right, for powerhouse basketball sure, schools, like, Blue like, Bloods. Yeah, I mean, there, there's a reason people buy shirts with Jayhawks on it, and yeah. it's mostly because of the basketball. Yeah, so. I, I played rugby in college, and I had no illusions that that was not a popular sport to watch here in the United States and did not expect people to show up to our games. How many showed up to a uh, typical uh, game? 
Oh, it would be kind of like if you went down to Shields, uh, the fields down there, and you saw like the parents setting up their lawn chairs. That's about how big the crowd would be for one of those games. <laughs> there was no stadium. You, you weren't um, filling the coffers of your university? No. And, from and rugby we, ticket sales? And we were one of the organizations there that wouldn't have been around had we not had probably the proceeds from the other sports to prop it up. Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, the, the and, and I understand that, you know, the baseball players, the softball players, the volleyball players, whomever, I'm sure they, they work just as hard. They practice just as hard. They're as committed to winning and competition as anybody on the basketball team or the football team. The difference is you don't bring in money. But it's the age-old argument of men's and women's sports. We've heard about it with women's soccer. We've heard about it with the WNBA. The argument is is that they get paid a measly sum and compared to the men, and the leagues look at them and say, you start generating money, we'll pay you more. Yeah. Now we're seeing that in NIL, and the issue with that is that there is this little thing called Title IX. Now, aren't there, I don't know if it's sports or any kind of competitive endeavor out there where both men and women do it, but that women get a higher viewership? Are there certain things that, like, you'll tune into, Scott, and you'll, you're will you more likely to watch the women's version of it? I, I can I can name two right off the top Gymnastics of my head. for me, like when the Olympics come around. Well, okay, all right, yeah. uh, three then, yeah. yeah. Uh, women's gymnastics, of course, with the Olympics. Uh, I prefer women's tennis over men's tennis. Okay, why is that? It's more competitive. You're saying it's more closely matched in the ga- in, in each game? Yeah, that's matched. exactly what I'm saying. And, and quite frankly, um, not when it comes to international soccer, but when it comes to U.S. women's international soccer. I would much rather watch the U.S. women's team play a game than I would the U.S. men. A, I think their, their players are more recognizable. Th- they have more um, notoriety. Whereas I could name maybe two men on the national team because they suck. Yeah. Like everyone still remembers who Mia Hamm is. Yeah. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. Now, I mean, one sport at the college level that definitely gets more viewership for women than men is volleyball. And the women's volleyball team is largely the driver of this class action lawsuit. Mm-hmm. Now, we were talking to the sports guys who said all the university has to do is say, they're not tied to us. It's a collective. It's the boosters. They can give money to whoever they want to. You know, Oregon really needs to have a lawsuit about how bad their uniforms are and how many oh they have God. there. Uh, that's my problem. <laughs> the football <laughs> uniform. Or isn't it their basketball court that it looks like somebody just dropped dirt on it? When you have a uniform for every single game in a season you play as a football team, a different one, that's that's excessive to <laughs> D- me. Does that mean that you're closely tied to the owner of Nike? <laughs> they get to keep those, too. Do they really? Yeah, most other universities, you do not get to keep your jerseys. Telephone number here is 913-586-7798. 32 female athletes at the University of Oregon have filed a Title IX lawsuit this morning in federal court. They say that they are not compensated at the same rate as the basketball and football players. From the text line, it doesn't matter how much money they bring in. They should all be allowed to get a fair share of the money. That is so chauvinist of you to say. I was saying what the other people were saying, but yeah. Hmm. 913-586-7798. Commander Jesse Reed joining us in studio, filling in today for Dana Wright. That guy over there is Sam Stevie Third, And my name is Scott here on KMBZ. Hey, hey, 
Listen, guys, let's be careful that we listen with both ears today and not selectively listen. From the text line, 6448, Scott would rather watch women's soccer, but don't let them get paid the same or give their team the same amount of money as the men's team. I I have been an advocate for from day one. Sam, you're my witness. From the, when this all exploded, and and Jesse was right during the break, right before we came back, he said, "You know, this all started with the with the women's national soccer team," mm-hmm. and that's that's true. Being dominant. Uh, so to sixty four forty eight, forgive me, but yes, I would prefer to watch the U.S. women's soccer team over the U.S. men's soccer team. I, I think it's better soccer. I think they're a better team. And yes, I have said from day one, if they generate more revenue for the U.S. Soccer Federation than the men, then they should be paid more. Absolutely. But are they both overseen by the U.S. Soccer Federation? Yes, they're both overseen by the same organization, the exact same organization. And, And if the women have higher ticket prices and sell more of those tickets. And if more jerseys and you name it, hats or whatever are sold Garbs. because yeah, are sold because of the women's soccer team, then you're damn right they should make more money. Money talks. Yeah. You're putting butts in seats, you get bucks in wallet. It's that simple. I mean, we would have to apply the same logic to any other industry in the world, too. For sure. Let's talk about movies. Movies. Some of my favorite movies were not high-grossing movies. They were little independent features. And then you got, you know, the big blockbusters. Yeah, and then you got those that are the highest-grossing movies. And you could argue, well, was was that a a better movie than than something that made less? Um, So it's really what what sells tickets. But but it doesn't matter if it's a better movie. Can you, with whatever drivel you put up on the screen... Can you get people yeah. to sit in a seat and watch it? You know, I, I have no intention of ever sitting down and watching the Barbie movie. I was just thinking the Barbie movie. <laughs> but I don't dispute, I know. Jesse, I don't dispute that it made $1.6 billion. So you you bought a winner. You Whoever bought the rights to that iconic figure and put that movie out, you bought a winner. You should make more money than whatever yeah. independent movie who, who you have we been sold? talking about nonstop here in KC? Who's a female? Who is Taylor one Swift? Of the, yeah, the biggest stars of all time. Mm-hmm. She gets people to show up. And and I'm not a fan of her music. I'm a fan of her. Yeah. But I'm not a fan She's of her. She's earned music. every dollar. That's right. Yep. She made a hundred million dollars this year alone just off Spotify. But do you really think that the US Soccer Federation taking it back to the national teams? is sitting down and looking at the balance sheet and saying, you know what, the men are actually not raking in the dough, but let's put all our money in that basket because we like losing money. I don't think that that's what happened in those discussions. No, what I think is happening in those discussions, and the two of you correct me if you think I'm wrong, is they're looking at their spreadsheet and they realize the women are bringing in more money, which is a fact. Not a lot more money, but they are bringing in more money Mm -hmm. than the men. And they're thinking, ha ha, we got them to agree to a contract to accept less. Sucks to be them. I think that is what is going on behind closed doors. And the women, rightly so, said, screw this. We go to Sporting Park. We sell it out. 
People can't buy enough T-shirts and sweatshirts and hats. Yeah. Why aren't we getting the same as the guys who aren't making as much money? Great point from the text line. Ronda Rousey brought in a ton of money for the UFC. You know what Dana White did? Cut her a big fat check for it. Yeah. Yeah. Smart play. Anna on I-70. Anna, good afternoon. Hello. Hi, how are you? We're doing well. Thank you. Um, so I am a student athlete at Kansas State, and we my sport is completely held up by football. We are a scholarship sport, so they have to give an equal number of scholarships that they give to football to women's sports. And so it's my team, the track team, and then some of the volleyball team that gets the scholarships that have to equal football. And so we're very aware that we don't have fans. Like, no one knows about us, but we still – they because of Title IX, they have to hold up those scholarships to football. Do you, do you make any revenue just being a student athlete at K-State? Do I make I, – all I have is tuition. Okay, so you don't have don't. an NIL deal – there's no, uh, no, I don't know what the pot of money is called, but the, the boosters are, aren't giving you a hundred bucks a month or 200 bucks a month. No. And they can't because of the laws that surround NIL, they can't technically pay to play us, but they can pay us to advertise for their company. Yeah. So, so like, like a, like a local truck state or a car, car dealership would, would pay you something. Is that an example? Yeah. Okay. There, yeah. There, so there's like a, porta potty company that they had Deuce Vaughn and Felix and Yudike Uzama two years ago do commercials for them. And so they got paid for that, but that's just using their name, image, and likeness. And they have to do something for the company in order to get the money. How, how does, how does a porta potty company use somebody's <laughs> name, image, or likeness to promote well, their business? Yeah. They use them in their commercials. So they kind of did like a stupid skit with the porta potties. Oh god. Um, and it was actually really funny because he like dropped a deuce because his deuce gone. <laughs> Dude, I got it. Yeah. I got it. Yeah, so it's it not like great. somebody's face is in the honey bucket as you walk in there. No, okay. no. So it was well, a little <laughs> sorry. It was a little play on, on Deuce Vaughn's name is what <laughs> you're saying. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> My name's Deuce and I gotta go take a deuce. Hey if you got it, uh-huh. use it. Okay. Okay. Now Anna, uh, does K State have an NIL collective and do they give money to the football team? Do you know? Yes. So, well, okay. So they don't give money to the football team. So I'm also like a sports marketing student. So I've learned a lot about this. So we have a collective. We have a couple collectives. There are two or three that aren't affiliated with the athletic department at all. But um, they collect money from the boosters. And then the, the student athlete kind of has to reach out and be like, okay, I'm interested in partnering with this company. And then they will give them advice on how to do that and kind of be the middleman between the company and the athlete. But they have no obligation to be equal to women and men because there's no, they're not with the athletic department. So there's not a requirement. You don't have to equalize it. Yeah, they don't have to do that at all. Okay. Anna, you sound like a very bright young lady. I wish you nothing but success. Thank you. Be well. Drive safe on I-72. I will. Thank you. Okay. You take care. <laughs> Uh, Doug, Joe, Jim, you guys all hang tight. You guys are next. Commander Jesse Reed filling in today for Dana Wright. He is Sam Stevie the Third. My name is Scott Parks. Festivus Friday coming your way right after five yes. o'clock.
baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. They sound so, so happy together they, they, they on the, on the sound song. Happy. <laughs> Jesse was just You apple- just did that to hurt me, didn't you, Sam? Jesse, oh, Jesse, did I hit a soft spot? <laughs> Jesse and Sam and I were out in the newsroom earlier today, and dare I say, Jesse was apoplectic over the idea that Daryl Hall and John Oates are not friends anymore. Well, they're Man. not even allowed to be within 50 feet of each other, according to a recent, uh, 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 wow. That really Restraining hurt order. Restraining order. That's the term. I mean, didn't they just sound like they were really in harmony there in that song? Well, 40 years ago, yeah. (laughs) Well, I I do have some good news for you. This is breaking from the Chiefs radio network. Uh Uh-oh. So after 43 years of calling every single game in which he was called to call, Mitch Holtis was not able to call the Chiefs game last week. Mm -hmm. The Chiefs radio network just tweeted 30 minutes ago, the voice of the Chiefs, Mitch Holtis, will be back in the booth on Sunday. Good for him. You had me thinking that was going to go a completely different direction. (laughs) <laughs> what did you think it was going to get? I don't know. The way you set it up made it sound like, uh, uh, you know, maybe he wouldn't be back next week. Oh, he'll be here. Okay, he'll good. He'll be here. <laughs> Jeez. Who do they have? Oh, they have Buffalo on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Here in town. Yes, they do. Are you? Oh, never mind. Uh, G- Jim in Topeka. Jim, hello. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. I've got a bone to pick with Title IX, but at first off, I can't believe it's Eugene, Oregon, being in trouble with something like that, knowing the mindset of that community versus the other. I spent three years in Corvallis there at Oregon State, so I don't understand why the mindset of of Eugene didn't carry into it. But Title IX killed the um, rodeo program, the uh, animal program and stuff out here at K-State that was a compliment to the veterinary, the, the school of veterinary. So Title IX actually hurt uh, uh, actual vocational stuff and the people out here that need it. So I really have a strong bone to pick with Title IX of picking winners and losers. And uh, what I lost in the Title IX deal was better educated veterinaries for the things that that I have to deal with. So um, just because they can play basketball doesn't mean they know how to uh, work a tendon on a horse. And I needed to know how to tendon on a horse. And the the rodeos and the rest of it and those types of things was a compliment to that school. And Title IX killed it. Jim, always good to hear your voice, my friend. Thank you. Uh, Doug in North Kansas City. Doug, good afternoon. Hi. Good afternoon, Mr. Parks. Nice to hear your voice again. Um, On Title IX, I've had two daughters that both went through colleges on full rides, so they do work very hard. They do, you know, deserve it. The one, if they want to make things even, does that mean that for Miss Caitlin Clark at Iowa, with the money she's making on her NIL deal, that she would share it with the men's team? I'm, not that I think it's right. I think each individual can get their own stuff, whatever they can earn, good for them. And the sharing, you know, you got to share some, but yeah, not. You, you, when you start divvying into 
they have more, so I need some. That's where it gets to be a problem for me. The the concern for me is, and the three of us were talking about this prior to the show, is the, the current system, the current structure that they have set up is unsustainable. With the portal and the NIL, there there is no way that college sport can continue on this trajectory. There's just no way. Well, no, it's semi-pros now. Yeah, that's all it is. Well, and at the end of at the end of every season, and let's just use football as yeah. the example, we sit around and wait to see who's entering the portal. You know, where are they going? Where are they transferring I mean, the, the, to? Oh, yeah. The, the quarterback at Ohio State, the starting quarterback at Ohio State has entered the portal. Now, I will say there may be some odd silver lining here and take silver lining with a grain of salt, but it might promote athletes to stay in college longer because they're making more money than they would in their rookie season of whatever NFL team they would be signing with. Like, if you are the cream of the crop, if you are the starting quarterback at Oklahoma and you're raking in $5 million a year on your NIL deal, you're measly $1.2 million a year for whatever NFL team was going to slap you on the bench for the next two years is nothing in comparison to what you're making in college. You might actually stay and finish your degree. That could be a positive here. But So, so the silver lining being for the individual athletes themselves right. to get a college degree. Okay. Here, here's, the, here's the problem. Let's say you do start sharing with the different uh, athletes, and, and some of them are in sports to bring in more money and some less. How, how, how do you determine how much? Who, who makes that decision? How do you quantify the yeah. amount? I, I don't know. And what do you do with these bigger universities, the Nebraskas, the Michigans, the Alabamas, the KUs when it comes to basketball? Oh, yeah. Um, and then what do you do with the UMKCs? <laughs> hmm? Yeah, I mean, UMKC just went and played basketball the other night at Allen Fieldhouse. By the way, dare I say, gave KU a decent run for their money. Well done, young men. But are we saying that the basketball player, the bench warmer at UMKC, is worth the same amount of money as a starter at a KU? How do we determine this? Yeah. Yeah, who makes that decision? I mean, UMKC is going to fight tooth and nail. They're going to say, we can't afford that. <laughs> we, we can't pay every player $3,000 a month. Our major sport is a basketball team that, let's be honest, a lot of people don't go to see. Yeah. Well, and now with the new landscape of NIL, do we just drop the term student-athlete altogether? Because you're mainly an athlete. Haven't they, all, ha- haven't they always been there? College athlete, maybe? Yeah, I don't, maybe, yeah. Joe in Overland Park. What's up, man? Hey, guys. I told Sam, you can fact check me, but when the women's soccer team took the uh, U.S. Federation to court, the first ruling they got was the judge dismissed it because he goes, by percentage-wise, you women get paid more than the men do because the pot you're drawing from, from the World Cup, is significantly smaller than the men's pot. The men's pot is split up of like $4 billion, and the women's is split up of like seven, $800 million. Well, of course the men's, uh, men's pot's going to be bigger than they get. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. I don't care. 
you know, I don't want the band's baseball team earning more than the volleyball team if the women's volleyball team brings in more money. You know, those, if the volleyball team brings in more money, then they deserve more of the pot. But if you don't show up and support them, I see WNBA games, they're not very populated. You know, that's not our problem if women aren't going to the female sports and support them like the men go to the men's sports. But but at some universities, i.e. the University of Nebraska, of which I'm very familiar, having gone there, the women's volleyball games are packed. So packed, in fact, they had one game at the football stadium and sold it out. That is a 94,000-seat stadium. We'll take that and add all the seats they added to the field, too. I mean, how do nosebleed seats work in a a volleyball game? Strong binoculars. (laughs) Very strong. (laughs) It's it's called a jumbotron. (laughs) Why do you bring a telescope? I think I would have stayed home for that one. Well, I, th- I, th- I think the whole point was just to come out and you know, sure. show your support for the volleyball team. And, you know, they're number one in America. And I think they were playing number two Wisconsin in that game. Yeah. And so everybody's just like, let's everybody show out. We'll pack it. It'll be the most um, most watched in-person women's college volleyball game in history. And it was 92,000. And then other teams started doing it weeks after that. And it worked. Conspiracy theory text line. That was just a stunt. They were giving those tickets away for free to pack the stands. Well, who cares? The women's volleyball team at Nebraska is ridiculously popular. <laughs> what was the conspiracy? Well, they were giving, they were giving away the tickets I know, to pack but the like, stands. What was the nefarious uh, intent behind they were, it? They were packing the stands. <laughs> we're just trying to make a point. <laughs> <laughs> by, and by the way... Um, Nebraska is is always uh, very quick to point out that this is the 387th sold-out game. I'm telling you right now, I've been up there over the last five years. There are plenty of empty – now, those seats may have been sold, mm-hmm. but people are not showing up. So when it says 386 consecutive sellouts uh, – they may be sold out, but those stands are not. There's, there's some tickets that are uh, for sale on SeatGeek, is what you're saying. That, that's exactly okay, what I'm you. saying. Hey, they're not getting many W's on the scoreboard, so they got to get their W's where they can. Joe and Stanley, you get the last word. Hello. How's it going today? It's going well, man. Thank you uh, for asking. You know, you're talking about the NIL and all that. Back in the day, a buddy of mine was the uh, was a national champion wrestler. And it was not uncommon for him to walk into his room and there'd be an envelope there with five, ten grand in it. And I think they went to this NIL because only the elites and um, the truly special athletes were getting money. And they, you know, he ended up taking a huge cut in pay when he graduated college. So, you know, there's two sides to every story. I know. All right. Hey, Joe, do appreciate the call, man. Thank you for it. Uh, The airing of the grievances, Festivus Friday coming your way right after the 5 o'clock news. Jesse Reed filling in today for Dana Wright. He's Sam. Uh, Hey, folks, on our Coats for Kids campaign, uh, I'm not going to beat around the bush. We fell short. We fell short this year. A lot. Uh, So we have extended the Coats for Kids campaign another two weeks. If you can help. We could really use it because there is a need in our community. And I know the weather's been really warm lately, and and that probably had a huge impact on donations this year. 
Uh, but there is going to come a time where it is outrageously cold, and there are going to be kids at bus stops in Kansas City without a warm winter coat. And what we do with Coats for Kids is we collect money, and we use every single penny, every penny, to buy new coats for children in need here in Kansas City in five area school districts. All of the money stays here in town. If you can help, go to KMBZ.com. Click on the Coats for Kids logo. That'll take you to a safe and secured website where you can make your donation. Or you can just text in the word KMBZ Coats, one word, KMBZ Coats, to 44321. And thank you. Yeah, doggone it. All right, all right, all right. I just sent him a text. I didn't realize uh, Jesse and I, Jesse Reed and I, were FaceTiming with Brian Busby earlier today just to say hello, see how he's doing. And I did not realize today is Brian Busby's birthday. You guys had a five-minute conversation with Brian Busby and had did no not I- wish him had, a happy birthday? Had no idea. That explains the strange look on his face when he was going, <laughs> and, and. Oh, my God. Brian, I'll see you it's later, it's good bro. to see you, Brian. Brian, I'll see you later. Oh, no, are, nothing are, else you want to tell me? Are you, okay. sure, are you okay. sure you want to hang up, Scott? Yeah, no, no, I'm good, Brian. We got to get on the air. Got to go. I had no idea. <laughs> so happy birthday to uh, Channel 9 Chief Meteorologist and, of course. Uh, My childhood hero. Board, Yep, childhood hero, board member of Jerk Air, Brian Busby. <laughs> oh, he just wrote back, no worries. We're good. Okay, thank you. A story here from CNN. In a city brimming with bakeries and artisan pastry shops, a red, white, and green alien has landed, and it goes by the name of Krispy Kreme. Even before the American donut chain opened the doors of its first store in central Paris at 8 o'clock Wednesday morning, about 400 customers had lined up on the sidewalk uh, outside. A handful of patrons eager to get their hands on the iconic boxes of glazed fried dough that have appeared in scores of American movies and TV series. They started lining up 10 o'clock Tuesday night. First 10 in line won a year's supply of free donuts. What were they trying to fill the story here? Sounds like an essay that I was writing back in fifth grade when I needed it to be five pages. How many donuts are in a year's supply? As many as you can eat, bro. Probably a dozen a day. Krispy Kreme plans to open 500 Across France over the next year. <laughs> it's probably healthier to smoke a pack a day than eat a dozen donuts a day. A- am I the only one in America that does not like Krispy Kreme donuts? I don't see what all the fuss is about. Did I hear Dan say yes? <laughs> Wait, you actively dislike them or you I, just I, don't in particularly like them? So I'm not a huge fan of donuts, period. You mean uh, glazed fried dough, as the writer correct put it? Correct. But if I were to eat a donut, it would be a Lamar's donut. Well, I mean. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah duh. Yeah. <laughs> but if we're not talking Lamar's, yeah, Krispy Kreme is a good second. They fall oh, yeah. under the category of nothing special to me. Krispy Kreme. I, I don't care if I haven't eaten all day and I'm going through, <laughs> like, shock. What, what's that called when you're uh, hypoglycemic? I could be hypoglycemic and I don't think I would eat a Krispy Kreme donut. Well, that is just not nice of you to say. Well, I'm sorry. And, and it's. Uh, I mean, everybody's entitled to their opinion, even when they're wrong. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, and listen, I, I, I know that people love them, and, and that's fine. 
People love Nirvana. I don't get it. I mean, I'm not mm-hmm. a huge donut guy in general uh, just because there are so many other better options for breakfast. Why are we downing our body for Well, who breakfast? says you have to eat them for breakfast? I guess that's fair. <laughs> that's a fair point. Lunch, Who dinner. decided fried dough was only for breakfast? Yeah. <laughs> they, they never said it was a breakfast food. Uh, I eat eggs for dinner, them. too. I eat eggs and bacon for dinner. Oh, breakfast for dinner? That is a classic. Panca- yeah. Pancakes for dinner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm all about it. I am all about it. Somebody says the Donut Palace in Leavenworth is where it's all at. Okay, let's check it out. Okay. Um, and yes, Scott, I'm with you 100%. Krispy Kreme donuts are yucky. Also from the text line, Krispy Kreme Give is the governor greasy. a rump. <laughs> Give the governor a rump. <laughs> I'm with you, Scott. What would you say, Sam? <laughs> Sorry, Sam. Also from the text line, Krispy Kreme is greasy. <laughs> All right, we've got Festivus Friday coming your way right after the 5 o'clock news. That'll be the airing of the grievances. That is in two hours from right now. Commander Jesse Reed, Top Gun pilot, filling in today for Dana Wright. Sam Stevie Third, Dan Weinbaum has the news coming up in two minutes here on Dana and Parks. We'll see you on the other side. Thanks for listening to the Dana and Parks podcast. Remember, you can catch us online anytime at KMBZ.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 